Backbeat, the word was on the street that the fire in your heart is out. I'm sure you've heard it before, that this is Music Heads from 89.3 The Current from Minnesota Public Radio. Thanks for dropping by. This is a weekly chat where a couple of colleagues and I gather around and have a little fun discussing some of the new music we're playing on the station and to find out if it's working for us. Support comes from the Red Stag Supper Club with late night happy hour and weekly music, lunch, dinner, and late night seven days a week, and brunch on weekends. Focusing on locally farmed and organic ingredients, redstagsupperclub.com. My name's Bill DeVille. I'm the host of the show, and it's my pleasure to welcome our guest today. Our in-the-studio host, Jade, is here. Hi, Jade. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill. My pleasure. Welcome back. And local show and radio free current host, David Campbell, here too. Hi, David. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing excellent. This time on Music Heads, we'll discuss new albums from Dawes and Givers. But first, Dave, the floor is yours. Beastie Boys, eighth record, Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, originally scheduled for release back in 09. The album had to be postponed when group member MCA was diagnosed with cancer. He's now on the mend trying to get past the cancer, but the Beastie's latest finds the group exploring a hybrid of live instrumentation and sample sounds that made records like Check Your Head and Ill Communication sound like nothing you'd ever heard before in hip-hop or anywhere else. Most importantly, Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 is a reintroduction to three guys now in their mid-40s who are still in love with sound. We're going to listen to one of the two songs on the record with the guest spots. This one, Santi Gold featured. It's called Don't Play No Game That I Can't Win. The album is called Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. It's the Beastie Boys' new album. Jade, is it working for you? I really, really liked this. You know, it was classic Beastie Boys, the hilarious lyrics, sort of that galactic sampling sound along with the live instrumentation. I just love that. And I love that this album flows so well together with the little interludes that sort of pull one segment of the album into the next. I do have to say, my favorite weird little interlude was the Larry routine. Larry routine. <laughs> what, what's the deal with that? It was cracking me up, and yeah. that's classic Beastie Boys. They don't take themselves too seriously. Oh, this routine dates way back. A lot of people may remember this routine, but it's evolved now. Yeah, from the summer before last. It's almost like they're sitting in the studio just sort of messing around with each other. I like, I love that. I like that. I think uh, that is what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. I like the Bill Harper collection as well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a nice little breather in the album. I think this is a really good album. I, I was, uh, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised. I think they just simply delivered the goods. But then again, I've kind of thought that their whole career after you got past the very initial No Sleep Till Brooklyn and all that. Uh, 
I was on, some on bangers board. on that record yeah, though. It's yeah. a little juvenile. I mean, yeah. but they were so were they. They were like what, eighteen years old, youngins. Yeah. But after that, I've been aboard the whole time. They grew and, and, up. Yeah, they grew up, and they have an appreciation for music and the good sample. And you know, they've always had like the Groove Holmes sample. You know, they even right. had a song called Groove Holmes about the legendary Hammond B three player. But they always have this appreciation, and there was that song we just played, that great Afrobeat sample mm-hmm. of those reverb-drenched saxophones. And that was thoroughly amazing. And I think, I don't even know if that was a sample, but I know they had some live musicians putting this together, too. Yeah. Which is, which well, is they pretty play cool. All, yeah. They play a lot of stuff themselves. And whoever played bass, nice, fat, heavy-duty bass mm-hmm. lines throughout the album. One of my favorites, Funky Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> File me under funky right on in my mind, you know, and it almost had kind of a Cambodian pop feel super cool they go all over the board on this album there's the reggae beats on that don't play no game i can't win Mm -hmm. and that awesome musical interlude the multilateral nuclear disarmament that thing's bad that yeah you didn't like no bad oh bad bad, like good Great baseline in that one in particular. You know, that Lee Majors come again, that was super cool too. That was really kind of a nice rap rocking number. sound like it was something off a of check your head real communication their hardcore period or yeah, returning so to hardcore it almost period. sounded like the bad brains or something yeah. like that what do you guys think about the heavily affected vocals on a lot of this record did that bother you or was that something that you felt like it fit the, the i think it fit the mode and i kind of liked the production throughout there always been cutting edge as far as the production on their albums. I mean, it was distorted, but it was clean. It wasn't a painful sort of you know, no. distorted sound. But there was a lot of that so-what-you-want treatment. They're like the guys that are constantly traveling and come back with the coolest clothes all the time, <laughs> yeah. like two years before anybody else does it. And this record felt like that to me. It feels like there was like a Lee Perry-esque element on right. a lot of it, this sort of like messed up sort of produced vocal sounds. and it's, it's, there's A little kinda, dirty. It's a little dirty and a little dubby. But it feels Dub, dubby is really a good word. Yeah, right? and it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a great, and I think that's really cool. Is is this like the next Paul's boutique for you guys? I mean, do you feel like this is on par with those records? Oh or? yeah, yeah, it I fits in it. nicely with their body of work. I think so. I was much more excited after listening to this record than I was about to the Five Boroughs. That was the one that I sort of yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I I'm feel with very you on strongly that one. about that. Where this was, I was excited to hear it. 
and then it, I felt like it really delivered. Yeah, and there's so many nice things about this album. It's like listening to you know old school hip hop album through a new set of speakers, kind of mm-hmm. nice way of explaining it. And to me, there's still those three wise guys from NYC, and they haven't changed a bit. And God bless them for it. The Lisa Lisa full force routine. <laughs> Just at the end. Very funny. Funny stuff. <laughs> Beastie Boys, the album is called Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. This is Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. And the highly anticipated new album from the Los Angeles band Dawes is called Nothing Is Wrong. Dawes debuted a couple years ago with the album North Hills, which was uh, influenced by the California folk rock scene of the 70s around the Laurel Canyon area where the band was recorded. This is a band that's steeped in rock tradition. They've recently backed Robbie Robertson, and the new album even features Jackson Brown on a track. The band's sophomore album is called Nothing Is Wrong. It's no sophomore slump. The album seems like it's from another era, though. Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and Tom Petty come to mind, among others. The songs are expertly crafted and are full of warm harmonies. The songs seem to come straight from the heart. You can feel Taylor Goldsmith's ache on his songs of love and love gone wrong. This isn't the freshest album in the world, but if you're a fan of songs, the album is right in your wheelhouse. And here's a track that features Jackson Brown and harmony vocals. It's called Fire Away. There's something wrong with a goodbye In the middle of the day So pretend I am still sitting at your side And if you want to talk about all the differences Between the shackle and the man Or if you've got reasons no one ever let you say Then fire away Nothing is Wrong is the second album from Dawes. Dave, is it working for you? This is a great album, I thought. I was excited about this record just because the last one, the North Hills album, really grabbed me. It was. It didn't grab me right out of the gate. I thought it was one of those grower of an albums, and it really grew on me big time. Really? See, mm-hmm. I heard When My Time Comes, and I was like, Gotcha, okay, first, first listen. How, how about you? Did it catch you right away? The first album, it was a grower for me as well. Yeah. You know, I like lyrics. I'm a lyrics fan. But sometimes when it's all about ladies or all about just sort of breakups, they drag on me a little yeah. bit. Does this one drag? Well, this record especially then. I mean, somebody did that boy wrong, you know, at some point. I well, you'd think in his position as a singer in a rock band that's about to become one of the biggest bands in the land, that that wouldn't be an issue. Well, everybody hurts, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and another interesting thing, though, is that those guys are hugely popular here. They sell a lot of records here. Yeah. They're, they're doing really well. But this, this is, is their, their biggest, biggest market. market. Yeah. yeah, they do probably three, four times as many people here at the shows than they do in other places. I saw they were opening up for Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes. In, in yeah. the current tour, and I thought that was a little bit shocking. I thought at this stage they seem to me like they're even bigger. No, no, they're not at all. Bright Eyes is mammoth. They're going out with Alison Krauss, too. They've had some really nice yeah. opportunities come their way. And I think this record is a little slower. They move at kind of this sort of medium pace throughout their records, which if you're not into the sounds of their voices together, if you're not into what he's saying lyrically, if you're not into the sound of the band, you're going to be bored by this album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, fortunately, am into all those things. I'm not usually a lyrics guy, but this guy, I really like the way he writes songs, mostly because I connect with this really broken sort of sadness that he has about these failed the, relationships. The special kind of sadness. The special kind of <laughs> sadness, tortured, man. tortured soul of David Campbell well, coming that's, out that's and true. Does. Like I watch this guy and I'm just like, oh man, like you got my attention. I'll listen to this. So I was really excited about this record, but I was hoping that there would be 
like one or two like really big, you know, a bomb set closing hit single. Kind well, of I thing. think the song "Fire Away" is meant for that, and you know what? I'm not sure that it is. I played it on the radio last night. I was excited to play it, and it didn't live up to my expectations. Didn't work. It worked. It still sounded okay, but it wasn't the showstopper that I was hoping. That's for. my only complaint about this record. Yeah. Other than that, I love this record. It's a pretty easy record is what I say. Everything sounded really easy and really beautiful. Wait, like easy going or like simple and and easy easy to swallow? I think a little bit of both. It's pretty easy to swallow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and how he writes and how he sings, this Taylor Goldsmith, it sounds like it's just something that came to him. So it comes off just sounding like it's just moments of inspiration. And then there are beautiful lyrics, but I think every now and then, like Moon in the Water was a song that just dragged for me. I could not get through it. It was sort of lullaby sounding, sort of childlike in simplicity of the writing because he does this rhymey yeah, thing. Yeah. And if you listen to it for too long, I think the rhyminess of his writing started to get to me just a little bit. But I think he does write beautiful thoughts and beautiful things. Like if I wanted someone. If I wanted someone to clean me up, I'd if I wanted someone to spend my money, I wouldn't need to get paid. If I wanted someone to understand me, I'd have so much more to say. I want you to make the days move easy. We need words to be put to what we do not understand, which is true and beautiful and simple. And so when he kept it like that, I loved it. But when he got a little too rhymey, it rubbed me a little. If I wanted somebody to clean me up, I'd get a maid. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one, too. (laughs) He is full of excellent lyrics. And I think track two was my favorite. If I wanted someone, it reminded me of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Ohio. Had the same sort of rhythm and the fuzzed out Neil Young. That was a great guitar solo. And I thought that was kind of an instant classic. You know, they always talk about this Laurel Canyon thing. But what I'm hearing is what we used to call the California desert rock. Yeah. Eagles territory and things Country like Cowboys, that. Man. Country Cowboys, man. Country Cowboys. But I think the album is loaded, and that Moon on the Water, I thought that was gorgeous. When I said this must be what love is like, I saw it in a dream. You looked into my eyes and said, you don't know what you mean. Because love is for the fisherman who cast his nets too far upstream. Fishing for the moon in the water. The guy can turn a phrase. Even if love is more my mistress than my lovers ever are, you will always be the moon in the water. Somebody has done him wrong, or, or he's good at creating this stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. one of the two. It's hard to tell. And I have to come clean, though. I am slightly disappointed by this album. Yeah, it's, for what reason? It's just too straight up rock. It's it, you know, there's no challenging elements to it at all. The last album was more subtle. It could grow on you. This one kind of hits you in the face right out of the gate, and there's no real surprises. I am an appreciator of songs, so it does stand on its own merit as it is, but I wanted a little more edginess or a few surprises. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get it. Yeah. I should say there's one other thing that I didn't feel like I got. This is a really good rock and roll band. This mm-hmm. is a band that plays well together. And well, that's grooves. why Robbie Robertson asked them to they, back them up. Yeah, you they know? groove all day long. Like yeah. there's some tracks on that first record. Like it's almost funky. And I wish they would explore a little bit more of that element rather than it just being a vehicle for Taylor's songwriting. Yeah. Which I feel like this record is more of that. It's more about 
his songs, his words. And in that way, they are heading towards who was the guest on the song we just heard, Fire Jackson Away. Brown. Jackson Brown territory. <laughs> Which is scary. I'm not a big Jackson Brown Some guy. people love him. Some people yeah. don't. You know, he's certainly written some wonderful songs. But I think that players of this caliber should continue to explore just yeah. making, like, things that move your behind yeah. you know, a little bit. And it's like, a little scary, too, that are they going to have fans that are younger than 40? You know? That's a great question. Yeah. When, Jay, do you have any thoughts they, on when that? When they toss in the <laughs> guitar solos, I do have to say that's when I kind of jam on them a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little bit of everything. There's a solo on that that was awesome. And I think if they threw that in a little bit more, I mean, the harmonies are beautiful yeah. on their own, but kick in a little something extra. Get a wah-wah pedal. <laughs> See what happens, man. You know, space rock it out or do something. It was a little samey. Yeah, it seems like new rock music for old people a little bit. New and, classic rock? Yeah, the new classic rock, which is almost worthless to try to break into, you know, classic rock with new music. It just doesn't happen. It has to age for at least 20 years. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, the new album is called Nothing Is Wrong from Dawes. This is Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. Jade, it's your pick. I decided to tackle the second album from Louisiana band Givers. It's called In Light. This was the perfect album to be listening to while sitting out on my porch on a sunny, sunny day. Taking influence from Afrobeat, Zydeco, Roots. They're sort of a cross between Vampire Weekend, Flaming Lips, and Dirty Projectors. They're looking to have a pretty huge year, recently being named one of Time Magazine's 10 acts that rocked South by Southwest. Givers in Light, it's exuberant, it's joy-filled. Let's take a listen to my favorite track. This one's called Ripe. Giver's album is called In Light. Dave, is it working for you? This is a fun little summer pop record. Indeed. Isn't it, Yes. Uh It's cool. They're sort of like easy, dirty projectors. You know, the dirty projectors can be a challenging band. What they're doing is not simple. They do dirty projectors better than dirty projectors does dirty projectors. Well, dirty projectors does the challenging, almost like proggy stuff. Not that this is simple. This is pretty agreeable music this time. But it's very, it's easy as in you listen to it and you're like, wow, this is pleasant. Your foot's tapping right away. You know, Summer music. There's lots Mm -hmm. of sort of bubbling string parts. I don't know who's playing the mandolin and all the string stuff, but they're really good on this record, especially the track we just heard, that mandolin part. There's one also on Saw You First that I'm just a sucker for. I hear like Paul Simon's Graceland in parts of that song, and that's a compliment too. You know, I I was a big fan of that album. There's definitely that element Mm -hmm. too, the vampire weekendy, you know, investigating. Yeah, yeah, which I think is cool too. So, this is a really easy record to get into. The question is, is, am I going to like it in two weeks? 
you know, and I'm not sure. I mean, time will tell, but I think so. You know, I had reviewed this and listened to it before I looked up anything about the band, and sure enough, they had opened for Dirty Projectors at the request of Dirty Projectors, and the, apparently the main guy is a big, huge fan of these guys and is in tears when he watches them perform. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. It's and, pretty uh, joyful music. It is really joyful music, and you know who else I hear? Mates of State with the boy-girl harmonies. Mm-hmm. and uh, Almost Edward Sharp every now and then, yeah, too, because they've that. got that playful back and forth. It's the boy-girl vocals. There's something about when you got boys and girls singing together. And it works in particular in uh, Saw You First. I like that one. And uh, Atlantic, another one that has a gorgeous female vocal in it. has a sweet groove and there's even a you know little jazzy kind of flute thing happening in that one too mm-hmm. and a uh, hugely interesting record i was pleasantly surprised by this one right out of the gate the song up 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 didn't catch my ear as much as the rest of this album did i agree yeah. i we've been playing up 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 on the station here and i think there are some deeper tracks that are oh, really yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. go out at night is just a gorgeous sort of epic love song yeah, that's sort of almost, the nighttime yes. of summer is the Eight-minute number. That, mm-hmm. that was pretty incredible. I like that as well. Nice chilling number, almost kind of lulled you into another world. And then it closes with a bouncy and quirky number, so they didn't close with the late-night vibe of track number nine. So it plays on many emotions, you know? It's a good album. The new album from Givers is called In Light. This is Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. Now it's time for the portion of the show where we invite you to get involved. It's the musical question of the week, and here's how it works. Every week we'll ask a question, and you can join in. My guests and I will start off and invite you to answer online. Today's question, when you were a teen, what rock poster or posters did you have hanging in your room, if any? Jade, this I'm is, curious. This is so embarrassing for me. <laughs> I just have to hang my head in shame. No one's ever asked me this before. And you know what? I'm going to admit it fully. I did not have any music as a teen. I was obsessed with a television series called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and my entire wall was a collage for the show, and I'm okay with that. But since when I went to college, I was still technically a teenager. Sure. I'm going to count this because I need to redeem myself in some sort of a way, because <laughs> I'm just so embarrassed about that. You threw up a Bob Marley poster in your dorm room? I, Is that what it was? No. I started booking shows when I was as soon as I got to college. Thank goodness I somehow got some coolness cred. And so the first thing that I put up on my wall was a local Battle of the Bands ah, poster is okay. what I had for most of my teenage years. Do you remember year. what bands might have been part of this? I'm not even going to try. It was for the Farmer's Ball is what we called it because it was in Kansas. Ah. So uh, any of you Kansas bands, any of you could have been on that. 
I doubt if it was the band Kansas, though, Dave. No, no, they were not involved. <laughs> How about you, Mr. Campbell? You know, I don't think I had posters on my wall in high school. I was more of a jock, and I think I had a picture of Ray Bork <laughs> Who? from the Boston Bruins <laughs> up on my wall. I had a poster from of that. I think I had some. Well, that's not what you sent me in that like email. Sports either, memorabilia. Right? Well, what I was saying is that earlier, <laughs> when I was a child, like I got really into music really young. I got really excited about pop radio. And uh, I had a poster, which I sent to you as well, for visual reference. It was the Human Nature poster from Michael Jackson. <laughs> nice. Dressed in pink? No, no, no. He's wearing white pants and a white, like, you know, business shirt, you know. And he's got it rolled up a little bit, and he's got a matching yellow, yellow bow tie, bow tie okay. and cardigan sweater. And he looked divine. I remember looking at that thing when I was a kid, and I was just like... Man, that is like the prettiest man ever. And I was really into looking at like pretty pop stars. Like Cyndi Lauper was too weird for me. I didn't like it, but I really She's liked so it. She was so unusual. She was so unusual. But I was like, I loved Duran Duran. I wanted Duran Duran posters, but I never got any. So I think my family wasn't really super hip to like hanging just stuff all over the walls. But they allowed the Michael Jackson. So I got nice. that one up there. Fair enough. I think Spencer's Gifts is still around, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 Shopped at Spencer's a lot, and I uh, got the big, huge, massive, it must have been four by six Queen poster on my wall. Whoa. With all the heads? It was kind of a collage. Oh, of okay. It wasn't the, like the floating poster. Bohemian Rhapsody. I head. think that was in there, too. And mm-hmm. there, Freddie Mercury in his tights, you know, on the yeah. microphone stand and doing a you know ballet move. And on the other side of the wall, another four by six from Spencer's as well was Led Zeppelin. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Then you had shirtless Robert Plant and the <laughs> double-necked Jimmy Page guitar. and you know, so. Oh, man. Yeah, I had those. And once I heard the clash, you know, those posters came down and that was that. It's a shame you don't still have one. that Queen yes, one. Yes, the Queen one. Yeah, that would take up a whole you know basement wall. It was massive. Wow. But, uh, yep, so that's what I had. So when you were a teen, what rock poster or posters did you have hanging in your room, if any? We want to know. Chime in at thecurrent.org and look for music heads. In this episode, we discuss Giver's new album, In Light, Nothing is Wrong from Dawes, and Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 from the Beastie Boys. I want to thank David and Jade for dropping by. Yeah, thanks for having us, Bill. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been fun. It's a wrap. Thanks for checking it out. You can subscribe to the podcast of the show by clicking on music heads when you go to thecurrent.org. The program was produced and edited by Scott Adamson. Yours truly is the executive producer. Peter Valley and Brett Baldwin are the podcast production coordinators. Julia Schrenkler manages our show's online discussion, which you can join. Go to thecurrent.org and look for music heads, then follow the links to join the discussion. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio, make shows like this one possible. I'm Bill DeVille from 89.3 The Current, part of Minnesota Public Radio. Music heads, is it working for you? <laughs>